The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, here's Dr. G. Good afternoon, and thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. I'm Cheryl G., and I bring you greetings from the Neighbors House Association in San Diego, California. And with us today, we have our Associate Director, who's going to be joining in, in this conversation, Ms. Valerie Wright, CEO of Wright Ideals Unlimited. Valerie, thank you for being on the line. I'm looking forward to this um, topic today. We're going to be talking about reducing stress, stumping out evil, and increasing the joy of the holidays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, to get us started, Valerie, do you have any questions or any thoughts with regards to um, even a framing for our conversation for today? Um, I, I have questions, but I also I read an article as I was preparing to think about this conversation, and I just want to read a couple of uh, lines from it that talks about um, we are dealing with joy in the workplace, increasing joy, re- um, stumping out evil, and reducing stress. And um, this article speaks to light and, and darkness in the workplace. So oh, I want to okay. read this. Light and darkness in the workplace. Okay. Absolutely. Yes, and okay. I think it speaks to the joy. And, you you know, uh, it's from a book called The Leader's Light or Shadow. And it says leaders have the power to illuminate the lives of followers or to cover them in darkness. They cast the light when they master ethical challenges of leadership. They cast shadows when they abuse power, hoard privileges, mismanage information, act inconsistently, misplace or betray loyalties, and fail to assume responsibilities. And I think that that is consistent with what we are going to talk about today Mm -hmm. when you talk about reducing stress, Mm -hmm. um, stomping out the evil that we experience in work, and a way of increasing the joy of the holidays when we understand what um, can shape that kind of environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is a wonderful, I think, thought to ponder in getting started. And um, I think this topic is so important because mm-hmm. the uh, those of us who are in leadership positions in our organizations really do uh, make or break the experience that people are having on a day-to-day basis, right. mm-hmm. uh, not only as relates to their contribution, but just really what they receive. And are we living up to our brand um, internally to the organization? I always like to say that, you know, um, brand development and um, branding really starts from what is being um, experienced inside an organization. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that... Um, 
that is very uh, spot on with regards to from our leadership style. Is it something that illuminates and um, gets people going in a creative way and triggers creative thinking and ideas and um, brings people to a space where they have a path and vision to follow? Or is it something else that they're getting from our leadership to where really it's creating shadows? And in shadows, it's hard to see and sometimes hard to maneuver and uh, really one envisions a decrease in energy and ability to bring to and be constructive in our in our work as well as our personal lives. I think in this time of in just increased stress around the holidays that people may experience, um, <clears throat> it's really, I think, good timing to stop and really, really think about what are we doing that's really adding to or reducing um, that stress that people experience at home. A lot of times people will carry home challenges for work. And mm-hmm. if we as leaders can make sure that what they carry home is um, the ability to um, be high contributors um, and create a positive home environment and a positive community from the energy and the positivity that they get from work, I, I think it really helps us to have uh, who I might say more well-rounded and balanced and um, thoughtful and encouraged and productive individuals who come back to us the following day. So without further ado, let's just jump into the questions and see where they go. And I know that there's some other thoughts I want to share on this because, I, again, I feel a lot of passion around really hopefully um, having our leaders think about their role in reducing stress their role and not adding to and really being a source of evil and their role in increasing joy um, at all times, but particularly during this time where we like to think of it being a joyous time around the holidays. So, Valerie, what do you have for us with regards to questions to get us started? Okay. Our first question comes from Marvin in Florida. Marvin says, I am intrigued with this topic of stress, evil, and joy in the workplace It makes sense when I look at what happens in the work culture. I would like to know, does the absence of stress or evil behavior mean the presence of joy, or would one have to cultivate joy as an element of culture? Hmm. Thank you, Marvin, for Florida, for that question. Um, I don't know that the absence of one means the presence of the other. Uh, however, I do think that it's a lot easier to, cul- to cultivate the presence of joy um, when the environment is not making things so difficult. And, uh, and I think we can kind of talk about um, joy from a number of different spaces. I want to go back and uh, maybe say something about stress. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, maybe I'll save that for another time and just go straight to what Marvin's asking. I guess the, the answer to, to Marvin would be, no, I don't know that one necessarily, the absence of one cre- um, means the presence of the other, but I do think that when um, stress and evil are not present in the workplace, it makes it easier for one to experience joy. However, I think that we can have joy regardless of the circumstances in the workplace because joy very often is that which comes not from situations but really our own mindset. So I can bring a mindset to work that allows me to have a attitude of gratitude and, uh, and really think if there be any good, you know, if I can focus on it and think on it um, and if there's anything that I have at all in my life to be grateful for, 
I can, again, think on that. And then a person's faith, um, the ability to look beyond their circumstances, whatever their um, religious practice or, to say, preferences may be, you know, whatever gives us the fortitude to look beyond our circumstances and to have a sense of gratitude can give me a sense of joy regardless of the circumstances that I'm in. So if I am looking at cultivating a element of joy within the culture, you know, I think those leaders that really um, can um, support uh, bringing out those things that one has to be grateful for, and if they themselves have an attitude of gratitude and they're modeling gratitude and they actually support gratitude in how they go about coaching and talking and um, in their teachings, and if they reward gratitude with positive, you know, those who are... Um, those who bring positive energy, that they encourage that positivity, then they can actually cultivate what Marvin is talking about, and that is a sense of joy um, to be present. If the leader themselves is very pessimistic, they don't um, express any gratitude, and the glass is always half empty, and the focus is always on what's not going well, then they can also put that into the culture as well. Valerie, do you have um, any additional thoughts to add for Marvin on this topic? I agree with you, Dr. G. I think that, one, whether there is stress and evil in the workplace, people are capable of finding joy Mm -hmm. uh, in the workplace because I think joy comes from a feeling of happiness and uh, well-being when people um, feel that they can be successful or they have good fortune or that they have in that workplace found their passion, their purpose, And then there are some skills that go along with being able to cope, even in those environments that allows one to keep the outside from corrupting the inside in Mm -hmm. terms of our joy. Mm -hmm. And I think that's that's the key, that um, we can have that joy in a workplace, in a work environment that has toxic things going on. It's more difficult but uh, very much possible. So I don't think that it has to be absent. It helps <laughs> um, to build up joy and maintain joy and sustain joy um, when those things are minimized, when, mm-hmm. we are, when the environment is uh, less stressful and mm-hmm. uh, leaders are more supportive rather than le- um, evil in terms of how they deal with uh, employees. Right. Yeah, and you know, I'm going to say to our listeners, I'm going to invite anyone to call in and join us in this conversation. I have to um, uh, probably say that my lens on this, a lot of my lens in this topic of joy, happiness, uh, even evil, I'm sure, are colored by my own um, personal belief system, which really is more consistent with Christianity. So there can be, and although I've studied some other um, religions as a cultural psychologist, that is probably the, um, as I just offer, you know, offer my thoughts off the top of my head, much of it will be colored by my belief system. So I'm going to encourage others to feel like they can call in and share from their space, and that may be from a different belief uh, system. But when we talk about happiness, I look at happiness as being very situational. There can be things that happen right. in our life, mm-hmm. and what brings me happiness may be, you know, um, this arose, or, you know, um, things that are, at, that are happening that are positive, whereas the joy really comes more from one's, um, one's hope, one's faith. And so 
for those who have hope, those who have faith, those who have a connection to something greater than themselves, mm-hmm. it may be easier to feel that sense of joy when the situations aren't one that's full of happiness. Because in the midst of sadness, if I have faith, if I have hope, I can find that sense of, if I have greater purpose, I can find that gratitude and sense of joy. I just kind of wanted to offer that as well. Okay. Uh, Valerie, did you have another question or other thoughts you want to share with Marvin or myself before we move on? No, I do have another question. I think mm-hmm. that, that mm-hmm. um, okay, this question comes from Francis in Wisconsin. She says, uh, he, I'm not sure, <laughs> I have never had the opportunity to hear discussion on evil in the workplace, and I'm glad you're dealing with this topic today. I have experienced leaders in my career who seemed intent on evoking fear and keeping employees on the edge with their leadership style. How would you describe the characteristics of these leaders? Hmm. <clears throat> Thank you, Francis from Wisconsin. Um, evil. Let me just say a little bit about the word evil. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of the term evil as... Um, Someone who's using their energy or power to do harm to others. And um, so when we, as leaders particularly, use our energy or our positional power or any of our influence, regardless of where the influence is coming from, to do harm to others, it is evil. It's evil. So to step away from that, to me, is about me using my energy and my influence in ways that's helpful and not harmful to others. Those who actually seek to um, trigger fear in others, as uh, Francis was saying, evoking fear, uh, we've talked before about the two major emotions that human beings really experience. There's fear and trust, and all those other emotions they're often will radiate from, um, from one or the other. And so... As it relates to this um, notion of fear, fear very often is aligned with hateful behavior. So if I'm rude, condescending, overpowering, it evokes fear. Opposite of that, if I'm going to evoke the, the emotion that's opposite of fear, is trust. I evoke the emotion, I evoke the emotion trust from behaviors that are consistent with compassion. So when I'm patient, kind, encouraging, empowering, I'm evoking trust. So is it what kind of, um, so it's described the characteristics, I believe, of individuals that have this fearful leadership style. I, I would think that would then be someone who is rude, condescending, um, uh, demeaning in their style, um, who may be um, overpowering versus empowering in their style uh, would be those characteristics that I would think would be um, aligned with that, Francis. Anything you would add, Valerie? Yes, I think, um, Dr. G, there are two things. They tend to have destructive behaviors and very toxic qualities, and um, the behaviors they often um, play to, as you said, the base fears, basis fear of their um, followers. They often don't want to hear feedback. They're compliant, focused versus um, 
encouraging. Um, they build up environments where people's creativity are stifled, um, and they just ignore um, feedback. They don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think those are really good descriptions. I'd like to um, add to Francis' question and, and really just kind of highlight the opposite side of the coin, and that is, so if I'm going to be a leader who's not putting fear within the organization and um, one that is evoking trust versus fear, then my um, challenge and charge to those who actually want to be the um, leader that really evokes, instead of compliance, because that's really what you might get out of fear, instead of compliance, really getting commitment through evoking trust would be that that person who is compassionate, that person who is... Uh, um, who really is patient and kind and empowering in the way in which they go about um, leading, and they're humble and how they go about um, addressing and connecting with others. Because very often um, that leader who evokes commitment versus compliance is going to get much more productivity out of staff than um, if they are just merely going for um, the fear-based leadership style, which is much more about compliance. Mm-hmm. So thanks again, Francis, for that question. Valerie, anything to add to Francis? No, I think that, that sums it up. Great. Thank you. Okay, and it looks like we're going to need to take a break at this time. When we come back, we'll be looking forward to answering more questions. So please stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email G at dr.g at innovisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. We all face some economic uncertainty in our life. What makes the difference is how we take command of that and survive. Tune in to Strategies for Financial Survival with host Michael Figueroa. Michael has been up and down the road to success several times, and along with his guests, will share the skills of survival. By assessing your strengths and skills and applying them to your future, you can make it through tough times, regardless of your field. Listen every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. 
it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Today, we're talking about reducing stress, stumping out evil, and increasing the joy of the holidays. Valerie, want to just start back in with our listening audience if you have any additional questions at this time? I do. I have a question from Sandy in California. She says, as a senior leader, I recognize that the holidays can be stressful at home and work. I would not like to add stress to our staff during this time of year. Will you share strategies and actions I might take to reduce rather than add to the stress employees are probably already feeling? Mm. I love that consideration, Sandy. Thank you so much for your um, question. Ways that we as leaders can actually um, reduce versus adding stress. Um, you know, I, I think one of the bigger sh- our, uh, stress is the way in which our body uh, or just the way in which we respond to changes. And um, so I'd say one of the ways that we can minimize adding to stress is to holding some things consistent. Um, and even in our own you know, personal lives, if we can look at how much change are we undergoing. I mean, sometimes great things can be happening. One might buy a house, buy a new car. They might uh, uh, get a new job. There, there's all kinds of positive things that can happen. And just if we just think from a basic um, experience sense, even though these are good things that happen in our lives, even good changes can produce higher levels of stress and sometimes can be healthy for us. So I think as leaders, if we recognize that each change that we're requiring or asking of staff adds just a little bit more stress, even if it's positive change. So minimizing the number of change requests is, I think, one thing that um, can help to not overload uh, or not pile on what may already be a stressful time. I think during the holidays, all of the additional things that people do, the change in, in one's pattern to, to fit in all the additional things that people do around the holidays, even if it's a positive thing like relatives coming into town to visit or getting ready to go on vacation, all those little things add additional stresses. Um, and there's some other things, but Valerie, before I go there, anything you would add that might uh, a leader might could do to help to not add to what might already be a stressful time of the year. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things I would start with is to help tell leaders to manage their own stress. Ah, oh, that's their, nice. Their mm-hmm. energy often affects how employees um, experience stress. So um, the better they manage their stress because they're part of that, the workforce and they're experiencing stress, 
So as they um, do things that help them to manage their stress, they can then have a, a more positive impact on the people around them. So that would be one way. I think the other thing, if you particularly if we're talking about during the holiday season, um, flexible schedules. You know, people are having to get to work in traffic. Um, more people are on the road because they're out of work and coming to work. So if employees could at during that time of employers can be more flexible with schedules that would help uh, employees. So I don't have to be to work at 8, trying to get kids somewhere Mm -hmm. because they're off or getting them taken care of. I think that would help in terms of even telecommuting a few days during the holiday season, especially if they're still open and employees are having to come in. I think that would be something that they could do. And I think another thing would probably be before the season starts, just spend 90 minutes allowing employees to go through a training or some send out information about how do you manage stress during the holidays, reminding them of um, things that they can do as individuals to manage their own stress. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love each of those, Valerie. I think that that's uh, fabulous with regards to managing their own stress. Mm-hmm. flexible schedules, including options for telecommuting, given all of the different things that happen during the holidays and the uh, children sometimes being out of school or relatives being in town and, right. and different traffic patterns. Um, I also love the tip of providing um, or even sometimes reminding employees of employee assistance options or other um, trainings, what have you, that could be available or that the employer could make available with regards to how not to overextend themselves during the holiday yes. seasons and, and so on and so forth, with, you know, be it financially or otherwise. Um, and I think expression of appreciation, I think at the end of, yes. the, um, of the year, it's, it's wonderful to, uh, it's a great time to stop and do some reflection around things that are appreciated and uh, to really add to that emotional energy that um, can then also help to counteract and reduce some of the stress and to do some um, focusing forward in a positive way around visioning that also can add some positive energy um, to the close of the year and the start yeah. of a new year. can also yeah. be some ways of um, do adding positive energy, reducing the impact of what could be stressful energy. Mm-hmm. I love that, Dr. G, and I know that's one of the things that you do and I remember last year when we did that um, at at the beginning of the year, and it was so um, it's so vivid in my mind because it helped me at a transitional moment in my life. And believe it or not, I still have that vision board as a part of guiding me through this year, 2012. Um, being able to lay that out at the beginning of the year or at the end of one year, going into a new year. Um, has been very helpful. It's helped me stay focused. Um, Some of the things that I included was about taking care of my health and um, looking at some of the things that I wanted to do that were passionate things that kept me focused during the year to manage my stress during the year. So I I really emphasize that, and it adds a fun element to um, the workplace. 
Oh, well, I'm so glad. I'm glad that that was had a positive um, impact on you. And I think that's helpful because I think sometimes as leaders we try and we do things. We don't always know what works and what doesn't work. So yeah. I appreciate that feedback that that was helpful to you. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, that's good because that will encourage me to kind of continue to be mindful to make that space available to staff. Yeah, I think sometimes we forget that by helping employees be more fortified in their personal life and in, in, in every area of their life, that what we get is a more grounded, focused, rejuvenated um, individual that then comes to work and they're better positioned to be able to contribute. So, right. wonderful. Thank you. Valerie, you have another question from uh, someone else in our listening audience. I do. I have a question from Milton in Nevada. He says, is evil behavior manifested as actions that are covered under workplace policies, such as sexual harassment, discrimination, or bias? Or is it a bigger phenomenon um, of a type of energy that is embedded in institutional system? Does one behavior or one uh, evil leader play off of another? Hmm. Okay. Like lots to ponder there. Thank you, yes. um, Nelson from Nevada. Let me deal with I think was the first part, and that was um, around um, is that be evil behavior manifested? I think in actions that are covered under policies such as sexual harassment, discrimination. I would say to that part of Melton's question, uh, yes, because if I go back to my fundamental you know, description of evil, it's doing harm to others. And I think that it certainly is harmful to others when um, when they're harassed. Any type of harassment within the workplace is certainly going to create a harmful situation uh, for someone else. So I would say yes with regards to that. I think to the second part of um, Milton's uh, question, um, a bigger phenomena, or is it a bigger phenomena? I would say, and there's also a bigger phenomena of mm-hmm. of energy that one can get. Um, leaders play off each other. I think absolutely they can play off each other, and we can establish a culture where whereby uh, people look to uplift each other, or we can establish a culture where um, people don't look to uplift each other, and we can have a culture where when an issue or a challenge comes up, the leaders of the organization move to a, stay, a space for brainstorming solutions, or we can have a culture where people look when issues or challenges come up and they start a brainstorming with regards to well, who's responsible for this. And in the who's responsible for this phenomenon, um, sometimes people will put others um, at risk and try to do harm to others by, by naming them um, to just make sure that they stay safe. And that in and of itself, again, anytime we're doing harm to others mm-hmm. is um, evil. Now, you're saying that if we discover or uncover someone who who um, did wrong, is that an evil thing? I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is if there's undue pressure to establish a culture of blame where when things don't go right, the leader moves to uh, trying to name a who versus trying to create an environment where we say this, you know, this did not happen well. We cannot have this happening. Let's blame. I mean, let's brainstorm solutions for how we can make sure this doesn't happen in the future. And let's see who will own pieces of the solution to make sure we move forward. That's a much healthier environment. So um, 
leaders' behaviors certainly play off of one another, and um, and if the culture is one that is healthy and that looks to uplift, then you are less likely to get a situation where um, there's a blame storming or other th- phenomenons that can happen that create um, people who may put others at risk in order to get privileges for themselves or in order to not be put in harm's way themselves. Just kind of like my thoughts on that, Valerie. Any you would add? I, I agree with what you said, um, Dr. G, and I think um, par- a part of the, there, that is an energy, and I think that energy when there's, we talked about earlier, fear when we have leaders who uh, play to the fear of employees and who create a divisiveness, that energy it does become a spirit of uh, within the institution. You feel it uh, in how people deal with one another. There's a tenseness and an edge that everyone feels because we are all under that energy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Milton from Nevada, thank you so much for your question. Valerie, do you have another question for us? I have a question from Wilson in Maine. Mm-hmm. And Wilson's question is, what does it mean to increase joy in the workplace? Is this happiness, which is based on temporary things, or joy as in the intangible that is more lasting? Mm, thank you, Wilson, from Maine, for your question. I um, I think it kind of takes us back to, I can't remember, was maybe... Right, someone, uh, I just... Yeah, said, Marvin or talked someone about talked about joy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it kind of takes me back to that space where I would say um, that increasing joy in the workplace, for me, is really about um, helping to ensure that... Um, we establish a environment of gratitude, mm-hmm. um, so that when you know, um, so that an overall, uh, I think, culture of gratitude, where appreciations are expressed, um, where the glass is half full versus empty, so more, more optimistic, I think, um, and when the fundamental way in which we respond to the world around us is with a space of gratitude, then the other things that are happening, they don't shake the foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, if I can only be happy when everything's going well, and it's not a, um, a culture where, um, where I look for the positives and the silver lining, then it may be easy to have more doom and gloom, and happiness, you know, we, is um, something that gets celebrated at maybe, you know, maybe the only time we come together and we have anything positive to say is at the end of the year holiday party, but the other um, 11 months, it's all doom and gloom. Um, it, it, I, I think fundamentally, uh, Wilson, I think of joy as being more intangible and um and lasting, I think of the happiness that you talked about as being the temporary thing, and that's just very situational. So I think challenging times are going to come. Challenging times are part of life. And um, if even in the midst of the challenging times, 
I can stay focused on the vision. I can find the things that are going well. I can build on our um, proudest prouds, on our accomplishments, on our successes, and stay focused on the vision, then there's a sense of joy. There's a sense of positivity that moves us forward. If I only can feel um, if my problem-solving solution takes over and it's only about picking a way that's not going well, um, problem-solving and um, in the problem-solving, um, doing it from a space of the what's not going well, I think, you know, as I'm processing this, it really kind of takes us back to the appreciative inquiry uh, process that we've talked about because I think that as I'm discovering in this conversation, really, joy is what comes out of the core of it. Because when an issue or a concern comes up, and I, or I'm looking at what, you know, how do we move forward, and I say, okay, well, what are the things that we have that's working for us? What do, I ha- what do we have at, that we can be uh, appreciative of? And then where are we trying to go? And then I immediately brainstorm into what I need to do in order to accomplish that it takes me completely away from the old problem-solving, what's not going well, and why is it not going well, energy that can be so negative and so draining, and I can spend all this time picking apart what's not going well versus what do I have I can build upon, what's the vision, and how do I get there? It's completely different energy. And I think that the old problem-solving stuff is, you know, can erode um, that sense of joy and leave us in the pit of, of the problem. Um, so, Wilson, I guess I've answered um, my question to your question, <laughs> and I think that um, I think that joy is definitely the more permanent thing. I think that happiness is the temporary thing, and the joy is what can sustain us. And joy is again that attitude of gratitude, which is probably why why I like that appreciative inquiry approach, that AI approach, so much, is because it allows us to do solution generation from a space of positivity and from a space of vision, which really gives us increased energy and joy. Mm-hmm. Valerie, anything you'd add to that? Mm, I, I, I don't think there's much. I would say I think that as, as joy is manifested in the work environment, you see things like positive interpersonal relations. Um, people are really able to have um, good relationships in the workplace. It's not divisive. It's not overly competitive among team members. Um, I think you'll experience things um, like they people feel that they are contributing to a larger purpose beyond mm-hmm. just coming to work and getting a job done or getting a good evaluation, but they feel that there is a sense of uh, purpose and meaning in what they do each day. And like Dr. G said, that both they appreciate it, but they feel that it is appreciated either by the um, senior management or staff or, you know, the management, but also from the people that they're working with or providing right. service Sounds like we've got to take a break. I'm going to have you put a comma right there, okay. Valerie, because sure. that's good stuff. I want to come back to it after the break and hear more questions and respond. So stay with us. We'll be right back with Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. 
Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email drg at dr.g at innovisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. Stock prices plunging, home prices receding, and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Valerie, additional questions from our listening audience? Oh, actually, before we go there, we put a comma in where you were prior to our break. Why don't we have you pick back up to uh, what you were responding to? Okay. I was um, saying, I'll just briefly recap, that one, a way of finding joy in the workplace is creating a sense that I am doing something that uh, has a larger purpose than just being about me, about being at work. Uh, and getting a job done, and I think that it's about focusing on something greater than myself within that work environment and um, experiencing satisfaction and having inner peace about being in the workplace. So I think that we, and we can find that in workplaces, as I stated earlier, where there is evil um, activity going on, where there is stress, uh, because it's about Really, as you were talking about joy, it is it is internal. Uh, it is hope. It is vision. It is beyond the moment I'm living in, regardless to what's going on in that moment. Being able to live in the moment and look to the future. Yeah, I love that. You know what gets triggered as you're talking too, and it probably goes back to answer maybe even some of the other questions. Um, 
um, I think when leaders really do the servant leadership, when they really do yeah. focus on, mm-hmm. you know, the purpose and where they really do focus on others, um, it really helps to reduce stress. It really helps increase joy and it, I'm sorry, helps to reduce stress and increase joy and it reduces stress. It's very stressful to, um, have to work for a narcissistic leader. Yeah, and oh so goodness. when we as leaders can make sure that we don't make everything about us, because it's easy to make everything about us because we have authority, mm-hmm. and so we can um, we can um, direct people to do things that are in our best interest, and we can begin to have everything be catered to ourselves in ways that actually diminishes others' productivities. It diminishes their effectiveness. It diminishes their ability to focus on other things. So really checking ourselves and making sure that what we're doing and what we're directing others to do really is with a vision for the purpose and with a vision for, um, uh, you know, a heart for others uh, and not so much all about us because all about us is very stressful to everyone else who's having to do all the all about us stuff. So really checking our own narcissism and making right. sure that we're not narcissistic and that we really are, we stay other focused. I think it can be really helpful in reducing other stress. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think that's important because as leaders, when we get to that space, we isolate ourselves, and, mm-hmm. and isolation is is emotional and spiritual death, mm-hmm. <laughs> and. Um, and it's a lonely place to be, and I think that, you know, leaders have to, as, uh, you know, we talked about earlier, take care to manage their own stress, manage their own fears, uh, all of those things that they evoke in others may be because they exist within themselves, and as they manage that, they can have better relationships with those around them. Mm-hmm. No, I I agree so hard with you. I mean, that saying, uh, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so when we get to the point where, you know, we feel so, you know, um, influential, powerful, whatever that might be, and the world becomes, again, you know, all about us, it's, it's it really can lead to a space of corruption for us as leaders, but certainly a, a space, a, just a dreadful space, in a draining space, in a stressful space for others who are having to, you know, really live in. I think that goes back to that opening statement that you said, Valerie, puts everybody else in a shadow. Mm, uh, we yes. stop illuminating. We really start casting our shadow. Everybody else is in our shadow when we begin to make everything convenient for and about us as leaders versus it really being about the, the mission, the purpose, the vision, and others. Mhm, mhm. I agree. Yeah. Good. Any other questions, Valerie, from our listening audience? I have a question from Simon in California. Okay, Simon. that's my part of the country. <laughs> that's your part of the country. <laughs> Simon says, "What are some ways to reduce stress and find joy at work?" Hmm. Reduce stress and find joy. Well, I think Simon, that's um, that's. A great, a good question, and kind of really dovetails into much of what the other other things we've been talking about. So, reducing stress. I'm just making a note and increasing joy. Is that what mm-hmm. it was again? 
Yes. Yeah. And finding so, joy at work. Yes. Yeah. So, Simon, I would just kind of echo some of what we've said. I think uh, we reduce other stress by really looking and trying to figure out what will be helpful to them by having a heart of service toward those who are um, delivering for us by uh, expressing appreciation, um, by making sure we're mindful of how much we're putting on others' plate and how much change that's going to require uh, them to make. Um, by, you know, I think when we look at those buckets of energy that we so often talk about, Valerie, I think when we as leaders make sure we're not overtasking people to where they're having yes. to work extremely long hours and we're just, when we act as if we don't see it or are mindful of the fact that people are working extremely long hours and we don't figure out, okay, is this the time to really justify that we need additional resources or spread the workload? Uh, so being mindful of, of, um, people's physical energy that's being required based on what we're delegating and giving them. I think the emotional energy that people get from expressions of appreciation, when we can, uh, Simon, express appreciation, that's a way of increasing joy and reducing stress. Uh, focus um, helps with regards to, um, as leaders, that whole mental energy. When we have people so stretched and then we act you know, we say, well, what, they try to come to us and say, well, you know, uh, what's most important? And we say, well, it's all important. Or what's really due, you know, now, I, I've got competing priorities, so you need to figure it out. Well, if we want to help reduce their stress, if we want to increase their, their joy, providing some clarity with regards to what should be used as a criteria for prioritizing things on people's plates uh, can be very helpful in reducing that stress. And then, Valerie, going back to what you were just talking about, I think is another piece, Simon, for you, and that is increasing their spiritual energy mm-hmm. by really um, helping them see the meaning and the purpose behind what it is they're engaged in doing. Mm-hmm. I think all those things can really increase joy as they increase um, their personal energy and reduce stress. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Valerie, anything you would add for Simon? Well, I think one thing um, that we haven't talked about that creates stress and all uh, many other things is, is um, health, that um, creating um, a workplace that's focused on health, whether we encourage employees to um, get out from their desk and walk during the day or encourage them to take care of themselves at home. Physical exercise, I think, is important as it relates to reducing stress, just relieving the tension of the body. Um, that's important. I think um, the company's communication channels, how we communicate, what we communicate with people, uh, uh, feel uncertain about jobs, uh, their future with the company, that creates stress, uh, especially during uh, seasons like the holidays and times when they know, you know, that it, it just makes an impact. Um, and I think what something you talked about earlier, Dr. G, and that is praise and recognition for employees' work and performance, um, especially when times are very difficult and tight and they're not getting good feedback, um, that adds to the stress. So mm-hmm. I think those things... <clears throat> I think the other is is creating a good um, social interaction environment for employees. So, so what type of interaction was that? Uh, social interaction oh, okay. within mm-hmm. the workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, some workplaces don't encourage employees to stop and talk at the water fountain or, you know, get up from their desk and talk to another employee. One of the things that 
Stephen Covey talks about in his um, work on good, healthy work environments is everybody needs a friend at work, and you need to be able to talk to that friend during the work hour. Uh, I think just encouraging social interaction, uh, not to the point of disruption of work, but certainly time to, to speak to others at work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I think you, you named off some wonderful things for our, our listeners. Um, I love, you know, the leaders really doing things that um, allows a focus on wellness and um, helping uh, employees to really think about, you know, what can they do to be at their best and be well. I love what can we as leaders do to create more positive communication and open communication and a flow of communication, uh, giving people a sense that they do have security in their job so that they're not right. worried about job security and expressing appreciation as well as the positive um engagement of others, really fostering an environment where there is positive social interaction. Valerie, I think all those are wonderful, spot on. Simon, I hope that gives you some really good food for thought on that. Was it Simon who raised that question? Yes, Simon from California. Yes, okay, wonderful. Thank you. We might have time for one more. Let's see if we can sneak it in before they get us off the air today. Uh, Okay. I have a question from Deidre in California. She okay. says, how do you create a culture? I think we've answered this question, but I'll read it anyway. How do you create a culture that is characterized by joy? I think we've actually had this in two from two um, listeners phrased differently. Okay. Well, very uh, good. Well, you know, I, th- that one's real but I, easy uh, for me to go back to our right, mantra on exactly. and say, you know, if we want to create a culture of anything, so if I'm going to create a culture of joy, think about what joy looks like and feels like to me. Um, I think whatever I want that culture to be like, I want to envision it. So if I want a culture of joy, I mean, what is joy? And as I come up and I envision my hope for joy, I get the vision of joy, then I, as the leader, I want to model it. It means I want to say and do things that are consistent with bringing about joy. I, as the leader, then I want to support and do things that's consistent with, again, joy. And I, as a leader, want to make sure that I create um, an incentive, uh, that I create uh, a reward. When I say reward, I just mean an incentive, um, some positivity around those things that are consistent with joy. Because we say over a period of time, the culture becomes whatever is being modeled, supported, and rewarded. So really thinking about, as a leader, what is it that I'm doing? What is it that I'm doing? And how am I doing it? Is it consistent with what I want to see? So if I want to see more joy, I need to model it, I need to support it, and I need to reward it. Mm-hmm. Deidre from California, thank you so much for your question. Anything you'd add for Deidre? I think that uh, one of the things is find ways to have fun at work. Mm. I think we don't do mm. enough of that in the work environment, yeah. and I don't mean disruptive fun, but things that are light and create energy, um, and get people laughing and sharing and uh, engaging with one another. And that can be intentional where we do it as a collective or just um, creating a sense so that people know they can, have, they can have that energy and fun within the work environment. I love that. And that would definitely be fun, would be one of those things, Deetra, that I say, if I'm going to model it, then how do I model having fun at work? Right. If I'm going to support it, then creating a space for people to engage in activities that are 
fund. And then that committee that put that together for that fund to happen, I want to reward and acknowledge everyone that yes. put it together as well as those who engaged in fun. If I'm, again, if I'm looking at fun as being something that creates joy. So whatever I think joy is and how I create it, that, again, is what I want to model, support, and reward. Looks like we need to close for the day. Valerie, thank you so much for being with us today on our show live and contributing your thoughts. And thank you to our listening audience for all who sent in questions. We're going to ask you to be with us and join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. G is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.